Well, we have been in a series now for eight weeks total, and this is the final message to what is the point? And, and you know, God does have a point. He has a point for all of our lives. There is a reason for our being. And over these last weeks, these two months, we've learned five different points of life, five things that God wants us to make life all about. And, uh, and as we do, uh, it's something incredible happens as we pursue God in these five areas that he's laid out in his word, God will continue to unfold his will to us. Once again, I want to show you a verse we've looked at at least two or three times in this series. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Have, have any of you ever wanted to know what God's will is for your life? Raise your hand if you have. Yeah, of course, all of us have, right? And these verses tell us that when we are following God, when we're giving him our lives, and we're renewing our mind with his ways, he reveals his perfect, his good and pleasing will to us. So this is how we know God's will. And as we obey him, he just gives more and more to us. Um, first, uh, Colossians chapter 1, rather, verse 16, tells us what life really is all about. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, all things were created by him and for him. We are here for him. That's what life is all about. What is the point? Why are we here? For him. In fact, you can easily say life is not about you. Life is about him. And those are the two, uh, two of the blanks in your notes this morning. Uh, you know, God made us for him. We're here for his purposes. And that's hard sometimes for us to adjust and get proper perspective on. And the reason why is because we grow up in a culture that's very us-focused. We're told all our lives it's all about you. Have your way. You deserve a break day, you know? It, it, it's all about us. That's what kind of pushes our culture forward in a lot of ways. And so this is what we're all raised with here in America. Your dreams, your desires, your goals, you being empowered, you believing, you, you, you. Uh, that's what we hear our whole lives. And God comes along, and with the power of his word, he declares to us that's not correct. He's the creator of all things, and we are here for him, not ourselves. And I think maybe that's why so many people in our world are miserable, is because we've been pursuing passionately the wrong thing. It's not about us. It's all about him. And Jesus displays this model perfectly for us. I mean, here is God come to earth in a person in a human body. And what does he do? He's all about serving. He's all about giving. He's all about sharing. He's all about fulfilling God the Father's will as God the Son. And even when they were brutally beating, taking from him the life that he was given, what does he do? Does he raise up in indignation and say, who do you think you are? Don't you know who I am? No. He still follows and obeys the will of the Father. 
and he gives his life for us. He's a model of this service. It's all about him, not us. He's holy, he's just, he's perfect, he's he's loving, he's good. And when we live for him, this kind of God, there is no better way to live. He has our best interest at heart. See, God is calling us to live with him forever. It's not just an earthly thing, it's a forever thing. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in. In their hearts. Another version says, eternity in the hearts of men. He's put eternity in us. It's why we long and cling to life, because it was meant for us to have it forever. And life is more than just the here and now, right? God has forever in view to live forever. And this is all over Scripture. I think of John chapter 3, verse 16. We all know that one probably by heart, so let's share it together out loud. Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There it is, eternal life. God made us to live forever. And it's because of sin that these bodies of ours get old and they die. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But God has more for us than just the here and now and these old bodies. God gave us body and spirit. And our spirits, and God will use our bodies with this later, but our spirits will live forever and ever. And this is huge, guys. This is huge. Now, I say, well, I've known this my whole life. Okay, but it's still huge. Or as President Trump would say, huge. Huge. Because we live in a very self-focused, very temporal-minded world. The idea that we will last forever gives us something we desperately need in a very temporal, self-focused world. It gives us perspective. That's very important. I want to illustrate this in some way. Uh, Imagine that you have been gifted from someone that loves you dearly an amazing trip. If you're married, you and your your wife get to go. If you're not married, you and a a friend gets to go. And, And this is an incredible vacation. It's to a destination you've always wanted to go, always wanted to experience. If you love the mountains, that's where it's at. If you love the ocean, that's where it's at. If you love the whatever, that this is where you want to go. And as you take the plane ride, all expenses paid, you land, they take you to the hotel, you get there, an attendant takes you to your room, they open the doors, and this is what you find. That's just the living area. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Comfy couches, amazing views. He takes you to the next room, opens the door. There's a balcony just for you and those there with you. Incredible. You're thinking, where do I sleep? I mean, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Takes you through the building, opens another set of doors. There's your room with its own personal pool. Wow. If that's not enough, he takes you to another room, opens the door, and you have your own personal theater with movies that aren't even released on Blu-ray. Oh, my goodness. He then takes you through into the dining area, opens an area, and there in front of you is this layout, filet mignon, lobster, pizza, salads, you name it, whatever your favorite stuff is, it's there on the table. It's beyond belief, and you're like, oh, my, my, my. And desserts, oh, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. 
And, and then as the attendant leaves, you, you walk back with him to, to the doors that he brought you in. And he says, now, there's something you need to know. This is a new facility. It's airtight. So there's only about 20 minutes of oxygen in this room. And you're going to go unconscious. And if you don't do anything, you'll die. So make sure that you turn on this air filtration system. Or if you really want to make sure to hedge your bets, maybe open a window too. Then we have nothing to worry about. Have a nice day. And he leaves. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to run and grab a filet mignon and some lobster and put in a movie and take a swim? No. You're going to enjoy all of that. But first, flip the air filtration system on. Open a window to hedge your bets and then enjoy everything, right? You, your spouse, you and your friend. You're not going to go eat and have fun. Why? Because you want to live. That's why. The attendant gave you something that you needed desperately. He gave you a huge dose of perspective. Take care of first things first. Make sure you have priorities. See, we don't live 80, 90 years and then we're gone. We're eternal beings. And we, when we know that, we know that how we live now determines how we live forever. That is perspective from God's word. It shapes everything we're about right here, right now, in this life. Let's jump in a little farther. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, page 1,129 in the the church Bibles, if you would like to uh, open one of those, or as always, you can open your smartphone Bible app if you have one of those. 1 Corinthians 3, we're going to read verses 10 and 11. First Corinthians 3, beginning with verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul is talking about life, and he says life is kind of like building a structure. He says, be careful how you build. Be careful. Make sure that you have a proper foundation, and the only proper foundation is the foundation of Jesus Christ. That's who you're to build your life upon, Jesus Christ. Are you building your life on Jesus Christ? Is he your footer, your foundation, sure and secure? Because I'll tell you right now, there are going to be storms coming. If you're not one in one right now, they will come sooner or later. And if you don't have a proper foundation, there's no way you'll be anchored and secure. Is Jesus Christ your foundation? Because as you build through life, you generally build up. You get taller. You build more levels onto your structure. And as you get heavier... You need a firm foundation to hold the weight. If you don't have it, you'll start sinking and topple over. Paul says here, make Jesus your foundation. He continues, verse 12, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will... Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. As we build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, there are different materials you can build with. 
Uh, you can build with costly materials that take great investment. Um, gold, silver, precious stones. Uh, these are, are good works that honor God, that put him first and make life about him and his priorities. Or you can build on the foundation of Christ with hay and wood and straw. Some versions call it stubble. That's building a careless life, not pursuing his passions, building a life for yourself, doing it your way on his foundation instead of his. And Paul says, whatever you build with, know that there is coming a day that that you will stand before God and he will judge your life. He will judge the structure that you've built and his judgment is exacting like a burning fire and all that cheap stuff, the, the hay, the wood, the straw, it will burn up. Only the gold, the silver, the precious stones will last through the fire of his judgment. And what happens after the judgment. Look at verse 14 and 15. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. God wants us to live forever with him. And If we're going to do that, then we have to do two things that we see in this passage. Number one, we have to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Number two, we need to realize that how we live now determines how we live in eternity. I have some teaching on that I'd like to do maybe in the future because it's quite interesting to think about leaving here as Christians, some having done much and some having done little. And what does that, how does that impact our eternity? We see in this chapter, it does impact our eternity. And what this gives us is incredible perspective for life. It helps us to realize what we need to focus on in this short little existence we call life on earth. What if we don't build? What if we don't build on the foundation of Jesus Christ? What if we build somewhere totally different? What what will happen to us? Well, Jesus tells us what happens to us in Matthew chapter 25. He says, go away into everlasting punishment. Now, we hear that, and some will say, well, that doesn't seem very fair. It does seem pretty harsh, doesn't it? But I want you to remember something. The mess that we're in isn't his fault, it's our fault. This sin condition that all of us lives with, that all of us dies from, it's all a a result of man. Man's brought this on, not God. We're the culprits. Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he went to the cross, he ended up giving his life, taking on himself the punishment for our sin so that we would never have to experience the everlasting punishment. God's done everything he can so that you and I can be saved. We say that's not fair. I'll tell you what's not fair is that God would go through the horrific nature of this salvation process and you and I would push it off like it's nothing and live for ourselves. That's what's not fair. That God would do so much for us and we wouldn't care. So true life, abundant life only comes from him, living for him, doing life his way. And over the last two months, we've just piled into this, looking at five different, five different specific ways that we can honor God to, to live our lives with a 
purpose, and that's to worship God, to fellowship with him, to become like Jesus, to serve, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Five things he calls us in his word to be about, to make our lives about. Now, you could take all five of these, and you could summarize them with three points. And we've heard about this already a little bit last week. Know, grow, and go. You want to know what your life is supposed to be about? Know, grow, and go. Let's break them down real quickly to know. To know God. It's why we encourage you to be here every week. So you can go all in again and be encouraged and challenged to make God number one in your life. It's why we encourage you to be in your Bibles on a daily basis and why we're encouraging you to read, excuse me, pray. We've even got a new 40-day prayer emphasis. We're joining with, uh, with uh, Pekin Bible Church up here. We're, we're doing this together with other Christians in our community and around our nation. I would encourage you, if you haven't already, pick up one of those books, go online, download the app, and begin to pray this Wednesday for the next 40 days leading up to Palm Sunday. Wonderful thing to do. The book will give you all the the resources you need. But seek God's guidance in prayer. We want to encourage that. Why? So we can know God. Know God. And when we, we know him, we know he loves us. And when we love him back, that's worship to him. Our whole life can be worship to him when we live our life in love for him. But beyond knowing, we need to also grow. Grow with God. Grow with his people. This is fellowship. It's why we have classes available. It's why we have small groups. It's why in the future we have plans to to build on that. So every single person who attends First Baptist Church is included in community with a small group or a class in some way. Why do we encourage that? Because you can't live Christianity by yourself. It wasn't designed to live by yourself. We're a body. And if we're going to be a force in this community, then we need to go together, unified, in harmony with all of our different gifts and passions, using them for his purpose in this community. There is no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. It doesn't exist. It doesn't work that way. And when we get together, sometimes it's messy, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard. And we don't like it. But what does a family do when it gets messy? If it's healthy, it works together through it. And everybody becomes better. And everybody becomes healthier. We become more and more like Jesus. We grow. Are you becoming more and more like Jesus? Are you connecting with fellow believers in this thing called life? We need each other. We know, we grow, but we also go. What is go? Go is serving, serving God by serving others, serving in a ministry of the church, serving in different capacities in the church ministry or in the community in the name of Jesus Christ, serving other people where you work. And we serve based upon the capacity we have with our gifts and our talents, what God has blessed us with. Make sure you're involved in ministry. You'll be stunned in God's plan for your life if you're not knowing, growing, and going. God wants all three. Go, share the good news. Show and share Jesus with your life. To know, to grow, and to go. All for God's glory. Because he created it all. We're here for him. And let's propel his ministry forward because it's for the best for everybody. Now this is the how behind the what. 
This is the how. You, maybe you might have heard that. Go, what is he talking about? Let, let's back up for a second. What is it First Baptist Church is all about? What is our purpose? Very good. Very good. I would have loved it about a hundred of you did it, but that's okay. You, some of you've got it, and this is wonderful. We're here to produce fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who love God and love people. That's our purpose. That's why we exist. It's not just why First Baptist exists. It's why you exist. It's why you're here on planet Earth. Now, that's our what. How do we do that? By knowing, growing, and going. If you're knowing and you're growing and you're going, you are fulfilling the purpose God has for your life. You know what the point is. You're doing the point. This is the point. This is why we're on planet Earth. And everything you do in life, everything we do in ministry, everything needs to be filtered through this what and this how, this process, so that we're living on point for the glory of God. So this is the last message in the series. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? We have to live. We must live what we've learned. We must live what we've learned. We spent too much diving into God's word and what these five different points of life. And so we must do them. We must live them. We must learn and grow in these. If we don't, the last two months have been a complete waste. It's just been a waste of time. We now know what the point is. Let's live it. Jesus says in John chapter 13, verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He goes on to say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Will you learn and live what we've gone through? We must live what we've learned. So we know, we grow, and we go. Know God. Love him with your life. Grow in a relationship with him and with others. Become like Jesus. Go serve him by serving others. Go show and share the good news of Christ with your life. Know, grow, and go. Live what you've learned. Get serious about this. This is the point of life? Then make it the point of life. When we get serious about God's agenda, which he's laid out clearly over the last two months, God will get serious about using First Baptist Church to reach this city so that others can know and grow and then go for him. So that others then will know and grow and go in him. Show God you're serious. Start living what you've learned. Know, grow, and go in his name for his glory. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. In us. If we're willing, if we choose to get serious about knowing, growing, and going, what God's word declares is the mission for our life, then the Almighty will get serious in us. And we will see incredible things. He'll do a work through us beyond anything we could ask or think. Not for us. Not so we can be some big church. But so he receives glory and his life 
can be shared with others. I have a short video I want you to watch real quickly. Let's watch the screens. Jesus, I have decided to give you this. Really? Yeah. You know whoever sits here makes all the decisions, right? I know, and I'm always making decisions, but you make the perfect decisions, so you just sit right down and start making them. Wow, I'm honored. I mean, this feels great. Kathleen, guess what? I just got my new credit card. It's time to go shopping. Oh, really? I thought your husband and you were going to pay off debt. Oh, yeah. I mean, money's kind of tight, but I figured he doesn't have to know about it. So do you want to oh. go with me? No. <laughs> no? Why? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I don't know. Um, oh. So let me check my schedule, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> Kat, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of one cheek in it here. Look, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You wanted me to sit here, right? Well, of course. And whoever sits here makes all the decisions? Right. So what's the problem? Uh, there's not a problem. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Really, please, here, sit down. As long as you're sure. I'm sure. Okay, okay. so let's start over. Okay. All right. Kat, I noticed that you've been losing your temper a lot lately. Right. So, okay, Jesus, you know what? I know what you're going to say, but um, see, you, do? you don't know the whole situation, you know? Oh, I, well, all I'm saying is that your attitude is a decision. Yes, of course, but I have a lot going on right now. <laughs> well, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure? Jesus, you don't understand pressure, okay? This I, isn't working, Kat. What? We can't both sit on the seat. It's either me or it's you. Okay, I know. You know, I just, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but here, just take it. No, I'm not going to take it. You have to give it to me. Okay, here. Kathleen, make a choice. I can't. You just did. What is the point? All of us in this room, if you've been here the last two months, know exactly what the point is. We know everything God has laid out in his word for us to do. We know the life he intends us to live, a life that matters, a life that is real life for him that impacts others. But whether or not we do it, we live what we've learned. That's a choice. I challenge you to make it for his glory. Let's bow together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for making us. Thank you for giving us this gift of life. The thought that you desire to do your work through us, Lord, that is incredible. Lord, may we seize this moment. May we choose to begin implementing these life points, bringing change to our lives. May we live for you. It's what you created us to do, to show and share your joy, your love, your goodness. Lord, what better life is there than to share by living out your life? Lord, help each of us right now to decide to take this serious, to do life your way, to begin setting goals and working toward them because you are worth it. And Lord, if there's anyone here, they've never begun a life with you. They, they've never made Jesus their foundation. Lord, right now, may they choose to turn from their sin put their faith and trust in you. If you're here and you don't know Christ, he's not the foundation of your life. Pray to him right now. Seek him. Just tell him, Lord, I, 
I turn from my sin and I turn and trust to you. I believe what you've done for me, that, that you took on the punishment of my sin at the cross. That you paid my sin debt in full. That you took God's judgment and wrath on my behalf so I could be forgiven. I want to be yours. Adopt me as your child. Save me. Empower me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.